Good morning. How are you? I want to welcome you to the service today. It's good to see you. I think we have increased with our folks physically being able to worship with us a little more in the past few weeks, and uh, I appreciate that. And I know there's lots of other people to be here with us, and we're going to ask God to bless them, and we're going to continue to pray for one another. Um, there is much sickness and healing in our church physically uh, family as you know and I really appreciate your thoughts and prayers some of those have made great progress thanks to God's amazing healing grace and your prayers and thoughts over them we are just really uh, thankful for the privilege to worship and um, I just pray the Lord will help us make the very most of it today as we embrace the freedom through the gospel the preaching of God's word and the truth of it and what it does and how it impacts our life as we journey in this world that we live. Um, we are under the influence of a new uh, system uh, or as the video and the camera system go. Um, so I've been asked to warn you that they can see you now all over the place. So you be careful what you do. Um, also, uh, I heard that they're working on a system um, that I'll be able to see you that are at home. Now, won't that be something? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I saw some very, very surprised long looks when I said that, so I wanted to, I was just kidding. But anyway, uh, it is good to be with you, and uh, we look forward to the time when we can all settle down together and, and just continue to enjoy God, enjoy one another. Though we've been blessed, I really believe, through the impact of the, of the COVID virus as horrific as it is and has been uh, I do believe and trust that it strengthened our faith and made us appreciate uh, being together uh, even more I pray that the Lord will help us and I just want to thank you for your faith and your uh, love for the Lord Jesus um, I'm going to ask uh, brother Todd Hudgens now to come and lead us in an invocational prayer thank you so much let us pray Dear Lord, we come to you and thank you for such a beautiful morning to come in your house. We thank you for the sunshine. We thank you for the clouds, dear Lord, and we thank you for the rain that uh, we look forward to in the next days to come. We thank you for the opportunity to be here and be under the direction of Brother Randy and the, the message you've laid on his heart to bring to us today. We ask you to be with the leaders of our community, of this state, of this country. We ask you to, to just direct them all to turn to you. For as you say in, in Second Chronicles, dear Lord, that if my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek thy face and turn from their wicked ways and will hear from heaven and will I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Dear Lord, we need to turn to you as so many uh, are under such un unrest. And we just ask you to extend your loving arms around all of those on our prayer list, all of those who will need you in a special way, those who are undergoing sicknesses and surgeries and, and just having discomfort, dear Lord, we ask you to, to bless them and comfort them and let them know that you are in control, not only of, of medical issues, but also of this country, dear Lord, and we just want folks to turn to you. We ask you to be with us through this service, be with all those who are under other directions throughout the community and country and listening to your word. Forgive us of our many sins in Jesus' name. Amen. Brother Todd, would you turn with me this morning to Numbers, the Old Testament book of Numbers, chapter 15. Here's a place in Scripture that excited me a long time ago, a long time ago and I pray that it will keep me that way and that it will you. It's a very straightforward message from God to his people Israel. And um, the context of this is God's given his people some some laws to go by to help them stay focused on who they are and what they're supposed to be doing. I think we frankly need that very much. Uh, this place in scripture, uh, right after of course chapter 14, where we find there that God's people were called to go into the promised land and uh, they very uh, intelligently sent spies. You remember there were 12 of them. And ten of them had a very bad report about what they saw. 
They did not consider that God said, I've already given you land. It's yours. What they were looking at was the giants and the problems that were there. I think sometimes we miss God's blessings because we look at the problems and forget how big our God is. The thing, though, that I want to remind us of is God is very serious about our faithfulness, about yours and about mine, about his people. Um, So you remember Caleb and uh, Joshua come back of the 12, and they had a positive report. And their report was that, let's go, let's deal with it. God has called us to do it, and we're going to do it, and God will help us. They didn't consider the giants, the terrain, or anything. They were focusing on what God said. The promises of God will carry us through the mud puddles and swamps of this life. I want you to know that. Um, so, so now, God is so um, concerned. In fact, uh, in chapter 14, God is really calling his people. And he can't believe they reacted like this and he sends a message to Moses that you know um, uh, they don't remember that they were in bondage and what I done at the Red Sea and all that (laughs) Um, and so finally the people come to understand God must be serious and they said well yeah we'll go and God said no don't go now or Moses from God said, don't go now, the Lord's not with you. Well, they went anyway. And they suffered a horrific whipping from the Canaanites and the Hivites and all the, the enemies that God had left in the nation to prove them. Um, so now we're in 14, and God is kind of settling back down. You see, God is so faithful and merciful. He knows how disobedient we are. But he will not let us go. He won't. And so, so he gives them this this very clear uh, verification of remembering God. And, and, you know, I think we can apply this to, to the church today. I hope we can. I pray that God would help us. So I'm going to look at these verses, 37 through 41, Numbers chapter 15. Okay. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and bid them that they make them fringes in the borders of their garments throughout their generations, and that they put upon the fringe of the borders a ribbon of blue. And it shall be unto you for a fringe, that ye may look upon it and remember all the commandments of the Lord, and do them, and that ye seek not after your own heart, are your own eyes, after which you used to go a-whoring, that ye may remember and do all my commandments, and be holy unto your Lord. I am the Lord your God, which brought you out of the land of Egypt to be your God. I am the Lord your God. What a, what a call even a challenge to us as God's people to remember that God is our Lord. Now that means a lot. You know, he says in Psalms 23, the Lord is my shepherd, David says. And the deal is when we know the Lord is our shepherd, we know that we're going to follow him and that we know we're going to be okay in doing that. Even though we as God's people are like sheep, And we all go astray. Isaiah 53 tells us that. We're prone to do that. So God in his grace reminds us of getting back close to God, of following him. And my friends, that's exactly what we need. What we need this to show us. And this this message today, I pray that, thank you for praying for me, what would kind of be the end. I've tried to do a series on... on, uh, gripping life when times are tough and, and I believe this is the seventh one and I've really enjoyed trying to study this and and I, I thank God for giving me anything that would help you and help me uh, press on in the midst of the trials and the conflicts this chaotic 
upside down world that we're living in. And we must do it. And we can do it because God is our Lord. <laughs> and God has made a place for us. And God has a purpose for us. Does it mean we're not going to have problems? I told you when I started this, my, my thoughts of my past life where I was in the woods a lot and I remember the grips on the tires of the, of the machines that would go in the swamps and, and what mattered not was how muddy it looked and how much surface water but did it have a bottom and, and what those grips were for and so God has given us the equipment to deal with life and I want you to know that God is watching you and he's watching me and he's watching all of his people and he's very very serious about our faithfulness you hear me God is faithful always but God has called us to love him with all our heart soul mind and strength and the devil doesn't like it and so he he entertains us and puts things in front of us and and deals with such a life that we forget God and God knows it and so what I'm talking about today is when God places us and puts us on the, the threshold, and I believe he has, when God saves us by his grace, and God gives us his kingdom within our hearts, that we would press on and, and go into that life of God, power of the Holy Spirit, understanding that we're going to be much resistance, but it's worth it. It's really, it really worth it. So, so I'm going to deal with it today kind of like uh, uh, this last message I entitled Got the Gospel? Question mark. And you know where that comes from. Um, back in 1993, I, I researched this. Uh, some guys out in California uh, uh, invented this uh, iconic advertisement for milk. Now you remember Got Milk? You, you probably saw a lot of that. And, and so what they did and how they come about it was they called everyone to, to not drink milk for a week. Just do without it. And it's only in a bowl and didn't have any milk. So what do you do? Do you throw the cereal away? I've actually done that over at my house. I don't know about you. And what I did was left and I went over to the Ken's IGA and got some milk and come back and put it in the bowl. See, it doesn't mean, and the whole deal, what was the, the being deprived of this commodity, it's not so much that, that milk is good for you, which it is, but the deal was, because of it, everything else is better. I want you to fit that in the shoe of your gospel of peace this morning and understand that because of the gospel, that is the good news. What happens with the gospel, it makes everything else work better. The gospel does. You know what the gospel is, don't you? The gospel is the substitutionary work of Jesus Christ who took the wrath of God for us and give us his spirit which enables us to walk in a life that pleases God and pleases our own heart. That's the gospel. It's good news. You don't earn it, but you do nurture it. And every now and then, it needs stirring. Because we have a tendency to forget it, just like I forget the milk from time to time. So, so may the Lord help us. What God is doing here, I think, is reminding his people that what matters is you remember me. And the whole deal of this text is the prevention of sin. You know what's going to end this calamity, this pandemic, so-called? It's going to be when sin. We're going to have to stop sinning. You and me are going to have to stop sinning. And sin, you see, is not something that you don't do that everybody else does. Sin is not doing what God has called us to do. 
See, it's not only sins of omission, but it's sins of commission, which I think are maybe even worse. God has just told his people to do something. And they said, nope, I don't like the way it looks. And so this, this call, these verses, is kind of like wearing a mask to prevent the virus. See, we can't see the virus, but you don't have to see it to be infected with it. So we need to know God's word and his commandments as we keep them before us. It's kind of like a mask. It keeps us where we need to be with God. Because God's word is how he cleans us. And so what a blessing to see that. And I pray that God would help us. Now, I want to say three things from these verses. And I want you to ask your heart if you got the gospel. I mean, we got to carry the gospel with us. It's good news. I talked to a person I love a lot the other day, and she was concerned she needed some medicine. And I said, well, what do you need it for? And she said, well, I, I think it's depression. And I know there's clinically depressed folks, and I know you need medicine for it, but... She had just sent me a devotional and it talked about how God had preserved her on the streets of Atlanta. <laughs> how she had read Psalm 91 every day. And how she knew that God was watching over in the midst of all the dangers that was around her. And I said, well, you know, I will get you anything you need if it will help you. But I'm not sure this is what you need. If you tell me this is what God has done for you, then how in the world are you going to be depressed? And she said, you know, Daddy, you're right. You're exactly right. I think in our lives, you know, we can get bogged down with, with problems and, and the way the world is and the rioters and the politicians. And you need to be reminded that God is the Lord. You hear me? Because if you get God right, everything else is going to fall in place. I guarantee you. And that's what God's saying. Now the deal is, because we are human, God says in Psalms 103, He knows, you know, Psalms 103, He knows we're weak. He knows we're dust. He knows our frame. And you can be sure that God is not going to put on you anything more than he is not going to provide a wherewithal for you to deal with it and a way to escape. And that way is going to be the gospel. It's going to be Jesus, what Jesus has done, what he's done, what he's doing right now, and what he's going to do in the future. So let's just settle in there. This is such a simple message. But I pray that it will have a profound impact on our lives as we deal with life because you've got to deal with it. You can't run from it. We can't stay in hiding forever. Hear me? We're going to have to come out and say, God, you are our Lord. Now, now, that is amazing that God is teaching us that. I don't frankly know, and I take myself this way, I don't know why he's had anything to do with me anyway. I don't. But I guarantee you, if he hadn't, I would probably be over there riding somewhere. I don't know. Probably worse. All right, so, so first thing I want to say, and I want to say three statements and let's use these to get a good grip of life. See, your life is precious. It's precious because of the gospel. Because of what Jesus did. You know, I hear people say, well, you know, black lives matter. 
Black lives don't matter. White lives don't matter. Brown lives don't matter. What matters is the life of Jesus Christ. You hear me? Because if you have life and you don't have Christ, you are just doomed. And you're just like a man, um, uh, a man without God is like a, a train without a track or, or a bird without wings. So what matters is God. So you got to get to that first. I think sometimes we want to we want to make everybody else ahead of God, and we get so afraid that we're going to hurt somebody. Not that we want to, but but we miss what God has called us. And then sin comes in, and sin will destroy you. The wages of sin is death. And the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. You let that soak in. And if that won't give you a grip, that's Romans 6, 23. Man. You know, sometimes I think we try to go through this life with slick tires. We go through life, we let our tires just run completely out of air. And we just kind of limp around. We ought to be so full of the Holy Spirit. Why not to let it leak out? And it does sometimes. I know And I suppose it does for you too. So three things. Let's say them. That's God to help us. Look at number, verse 38. Speak unto the children of Israel. Now God's not talking to the world. He's talking to his people. Todd said this in his prayer. 2 Chronicles 7, 14, if my people, he's talking about you and me, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and heal their land. Now, the deal is, if you won't humble yourself, then God can do it. God can humble his people. You hear me? He can do it. But he says, do it yourself. It'll be a lot better. But he says, my people. You know, we have a lot of and this is some of the mud we got to go through in life. Racism, okay? I mean, you think about racism, I'm not sure I know the definition, but if it's meaning that one race is superior than the other and one race looks down on the other, God forbid. That's exactly wrong. It's not. God has a people in every nation, kindred, and tongue. But when it comes, see, that's just on the surface. I want you to know that God, this God that our Lord is our Lord, is a segregational, sanctifying God. What I mean by that is God says, I'm calling you out, and you are my people. I've paid for your soul. I've given you my spirit. And I want you to show the world who God is, that I am your Lord. See, there's only two races, and God created them. They started back in Genesis. Seed of the woman or the seed of the devil. Now you can say, well, that preacher's mighty dogmatic. <laughs> I'm just telling you, friends, what God says. And when God has brought you out of nature's darkness and given you the spirit of his blessed son, Jesus Christ, through the power of the script, uh, spirit of God, and he has justified you and, and he's sanctifying you in your walk, there's no reason for us to pout. 
There's no reason we can look upon somebody else either and say, well, I'm better than you. We need to see it from the bottom. I'm worse than you. But God, for some reason, has blessed me. So the number one thing to say from this verse is, where did I go? I didn't even read that whole verse. And bid them to his people. Tell them. That they make fringes in the borders of their garments throughout their generations and that they put upon the fringe of the borders a ribbon of blue. That's what God says to do. These might say, well, how silly is that? Well, you have to tell God that. What God is saying, and here's my point on this verse, it's talking about got the gospel, question mark, Number one, tighten up your faith. You hear me? Tighten up. You have faith because God has given you faith. Just tighten up. And that's what God is saying. These, these fringes were the border. The ribbon went through the fringes to tighten up. You know what a hymn does? I don't ever sew in my life. But, but now doesn't it kind of hold everything else together? That's what a hymn does. You sing to says, isn't that right? I mean, you, you just kind of, you got tied up. That's what ties your life together. Now, now, you know what? We can almost come unglued. If all you do is think about the world, you think about what's around you. What God is saying, I want you to remember me, and I want you to put this ribbon of blue in the hem of your garment. And he says, if you're blind, he didn't say not do it. It doesn't matter if you can see it. What matters is what other people see. You see, Christianity is not so much about how you act, but how you react. Okay? So, so God is saying, take this ribbon of blue and, and put it in the fringe of your garments. You know, what we're going to find in life, most of the time, the very critical parts of life are right in the fringes. I mean, the most beautiful part of the day to me is a sunrise and a sunset, right on the fringes. You got some fringes in life, and I think we're into them right now. I, I think about this. I remember this, too, in the woods. You know, there's something called the edge. Uh, wildlife biologists call it uh, the edge effect. And what that means is if you're walking through, say, an open pine forest, and you're about to get into a bottomland hardwood, you're going to have a fringe, you got to get to it. It's not going to just be a, a once, you know, here you am transition. You're going to have some sparkleberry. You're going to have some tie-tie in the flatwoods. You're going to have some brush. And you're going to have, that's called the edge. Now, it makes a lot of difference for wildlife. They love it. But for the man walking through it, that means you got to crawl. See, God has got us in the edge. And so that is when we cry out to God. And we pray because while we're in a transition. See, we're seeing the world that we knew fall apart. We're on the very verge of seeing the church as we've known the church as worship fall away. I'm telling you, friends, it's time that we see that God is serious. That he is serious about remembering who he is. That he is the Lord, our God. That his word is what keeps us from sinning. That's what God's called us to do. And he says, I want you to remember it. Now, what if? One if we all decided we would go get a blue ribbon of some kind and just put it outside of our house, maybe around the cross that's in your yard, on your door, around the tree. Now, my wife wasn't too impressed with my idea. But I just wonder, because in my simple mind, I need it. When I look on that, I'm not talking about doing it to impress people. I'm doing it with the attitude that when I see it, I'm going to remember that God said, you know what? 
You look at this blue. You know, your eyes and your heart will lead you into sin because of the depraving of nature of our spirit. We just that way. And we need to be focused on God. And we need every help we can get. And that's what God's saying. You just tie it up. It's your hem, it's your garment, it's around the edge. So tighten up your faith. You know, when's the last time you flew a kite? I don't know when I have it. If you fly a kite and you let that cord go, what's that kite going to do? It's going to fall, isn't it? See, that's what keeps the kite up, the, the tension. See, your faith and mind is what God has given us to, to connect to the object, the Lord Jesus Christ. But if we just let it go, God won't be, we won't change who he is, but we'll change our perception of who he is. See, you can take a quarter and put it in your eye, yep, close, and you can block out the sun. Isn't that amazing? See, it matters. It matters what you're looking at, what you're focused on. And so tighten up your faith. Whatever it takes, that's what God has said. I want you to tighten it up. We don't need any loose ends. And this book, this book called the Bible, that's how you tighten your faith. You know, God said, I was reading this morning earlier, some other verse I don't have time to deal with, but in Deuteronomy, all of God has called his people. My goodness, we ought to be so thankful that God has saved me by his grace. And you might say, well, I don't know, preacher, maybe I'm not one of those he called. Do you want God? Do you understand that you struggle with sin? Are you seeking God? And, and if you are, you've already found him. I'm going to tell you that. And you need to be so thankful. And just telling you this makes me more thankful. I mean, this is the gospel. I mean, I think we've been beat around so much with bad news and gloom and, and all that. We need to say, this is Jesus Christ. He died for me. And what God has begun, he is not going to let go. He's going to finish it. He is. So, so he says, you tie this blue ribbon. I don't know why you picked blue. Do you? I don't. You know, maybe it's the blue sky. I, prank, I frankly think God's favorite color is blue. I don't know. I never heard anybody say that, never read it in the commentary, but, but you think about it. I mean, this sky, when the sky is blue, it's blue. I think it reminds us of God's faithfulness. I think when you go to the sea and you look out the great immensity of the sea and you see, you understand that my sins were put in the bottom of the sea. And you see the waves of His mercy that Lamentation says are renewed every morning. I mean, tell you, friends, God is so faithful. Look at that blue. You know what that means? God is first. You know, blue means, in, in, in temple terms, you got a blue rim, you got first place. Is God first place in your life? If he's not, something else is. I've got to tell you, God, again, is serious. He's not going to share his glory with another. If he has to send a pandemic, or he has to send riders to burn down a city, God is saying, listen, you remember me. I am your God. So tighten up your faith. Thank you. Secondly, look at verse 39. And it shall be unto you for a fringe, that ye may look upon it and remember all the commandments of the Lord. See, that's the purpose of it. And do them, and that ye seek not after your own heart and your own eyes, 
after which you used to go a whoring. So secondly, my second point is, think about the Lord. Tighten up your faith, think about the Lord. See, the Bible says, Jesus says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Think about the Lord. He tells us that he whose mind has stayed on thee, he keeps in perfect peace. See, if you can think about the Lord, that's how peace. Be still and know that I'm the Lord. I mean, you think about God and and, and you wonder, you know, what, what were these people thinking? I, I would be in the same shoes, I, I bet. I mean, I mean, he just opened the Red Sea. <laughs> I mean, he had delivered them. And yet, they're, what are they thinking? I mean, they don't have the milk. I mean, they forgot it. That's what happened. Have you forgot what God has done for you? Don't forget it. That's the gospel. Realize your own proneness to, you know, Peter denied the Lord. And when he heard that rooster crow, he thought about it. I bet he said, what was I thinking? Do you think you're going to get away with sin in your life? Absolutely not. What were you thinking? You mean to tell me that I got to line up with what God says? Yes, that's right. Because you're God. And that's really the only kind of life that you're going to have that's going to make you happy and holy and, and whole. But you put it on the fringe. And when you look on it, you remember the commandments of the Lord. You remember the man that was forgiven more than he could pay. And he went to a man that owed him a little bit. And the man couldn't pay it and he shook him, you know, for his very life. Threw him in prison, I think. And God says, what are you thinking? Creator of the universe. And what God has done for you and, and how he's changed your heart and your principles. It's a blessing that only God can give us. And we need to think more about it. That this universe is God's. All of it. But it says when you look at it, it's going to make you think of me. When you think of me, it's going to make you want to serve me and do what you're supposed to do. You know, I need that in my little life. I bet you do too. We need reminders. You know, I'd probably forget my head if it wasn't tied on me sometime the way I do things. God says, I want you to put a visual in front of you, and I want you to think of me. And so when you do it, does it. And when you do it, it, rem it reminds you of, you know, when you do something. So God says, not only do you know my, uh, my commandments, but you, but you keep them. You know, this faith that we're going to tighten up, well, it's got two ends to keep it tight. It's got your object of Christ, and it's got you doing what Christ has called you to do. Okay? I remember, uh, I was singing this morning, I remember, you know, when, when it, my point, though, I want to emphasize this, is, is when you, you think about God, God is so big and so powerful, and, and it gives us this, this strength that we don't know where it comes from, but we want to we wanna respond to God, don't we? We want to, to, to do something for God. Not to earn our salvation, but because we are saved. Does that make sense? And we do, and you do. And so many times, though, we're, 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 we're kind of beat in and we kind of, we, we kind of got a timidity about us that we all not to have. And I'm not talking about to being crusaders necessarily, but I think we have to have a strength that gives us that we're thinking about God. Because when you think about God in your life, people will notice it. And people will be knocking on your door. 
because they will want answers. You see? Not that you're going to be some sort of genie from the sky of spiritual things, but you're going to have an impression with God. See? And so what a blessing that is. But when you do it, I remember Brother Jack Brannon, who was in heaven now, but I remember Brother Jack called me one day, and he wanted to know if I wanted some gourds to make a, some martin houses. I'm telling you this because it, it, it applied, I think, to what God is saying. And I said, yes, sir, I do. And so he and I rode up to, to um, somewhere in middle Georgia where they have all the gourds. It was a good ride. I got a lot of information about geology that I never got in school for some reason from Brother Jack. But we got the gourds, and we brought them back. And I thought Brother Jack was so, so compassionate, kind to do that, offer that to me. I mean, he picked me up here from church. We rode there, rode back. So I was thinking, he says, I got some pipe, and I'm going to make you a, a form, and I'm going to bring him over there next week. So I was just thinking, well, he's going to just, he's going to just bring me some gourds. That's not what Brother Jack did. He brought the gourd, but he said, look here. He says, I want you to come out here with me. I want you to do it. So he had a saw, you know, the circle saw, and, and he, he wanted me to do it. So I know how. Does that make sense? I mean, that's what God is saying. God is saying, you do this. So he didn't say just do it and walk off. He said, this is what I want you to do. It's kind of like uh, uh, Sarah was taking piano. She, she don't remember this. I do. A little girl, Kat, uh, Sister Kathy McCoy was teaching her. He, he was, Brother Pat was a pastor here. And so we went out. I was picking Sarah up one day. And Sister Kathy, as a father, you know, my little girl was playing the piano. And I was, I was more nervous, you know, than anything. And I remember Sister Kathy saying to my daughter, Sarah, Says, it's just Kathy been on the piano, and she got up and said, Now, I want you to show me what you know. And I remember my little girl getting down there, and she, she seemed to hit every, every, every key. Uh, but I don't know why I remember that. That's a simple thing, I know. But, but you know what, what happens when I think about it is when you do it. You see, see, serving God is not some kind of Sunday venue. I mean, God is saying, You put these on your garments and you wear them everywhere you go you when you're eating when you're walking when you're running when you're jumping i mean not just on sunday i mean you know uh, because they were saying that these people were israelites they meant they're going to be persecuted and when you put on the commandments of god in your life and you start looking for the blue you know what you're going to have some problems but you rejoice in it all right, I'm gonna got, got one more little point. It's really a big one, but it's not going to last long, okay? Verse 40, that ye may remember, that ye may remember and do all my commandments. I'm not telling, these are not my commandments, by the way. <laughs> They're God's. And be holy unto your God. So, so my, my closing point that I want you to see with me as you get through the mud of life and you look out on some stormy sea, <laughs> I want you to know that underneath it all is a rock. And that rock is Jesus. And you can stand on it because it's not going to move. You get up on Jesus and you, you hold on and you stand for Christ. You look at these commandments from God and you remember the Lord is your God. And if you die from COVID or if you go and lose everything you've got, you got Jesus. You've got the gospel, Okay? So my, next, my third point is, uh, what have we said? Tighten up your faith, okay? Think about the Lord. And thirdly, turn to Jesus for holiness. Because you know what? You and I can't keep the law. We want to awfully bad. 
But I don't know about you. When I make my mind up that I'm not going to sin anymore, that's exactly what I end up doing. You're going to have to turn it over to Jesus. You're going to have to understand that He is your righteousness. And when you turn to Him for holiness, you and I won't have to deal with guilt. Because guilt will bog you down. Man, if I let the guilt of my past sins in my life, I would run from this pulpit and you would never see me again. But I know that God, through Christ, has taken my sin. The same to you. So, so don't, you know, the gospel, you got the gospel, that's what the gospel does. You say, well, I, I, I'm not making as much money as I used to make and I'm not, I don't know if I can deal with what I'm having to give up. If you got the gospel, you don't need it all. You hear me? You don't. Because in Christ, you have everything. You are joint heirs with the Lord Jesus Christ. This Lord that is your God is everything. And you are co-heirs involved in it all. So you don't have to have it. You don't have to have money to make it. You don't. And God has furthermore through the gospel promised us that he's going to make a way for us. That he knows the little sparrows and their needs. And that we don't have to worry. Why? Because we got the gospel. The deal is, have you got it? Don't forget it. God is your Lord. And if he hasn't proven that he loves you by giving his only begotten son, I don't know. I don't know what it would take. What more? I mean, I think it's time we quit flouncing around, bogging down in this world. We don't always get on the high ground, no, but I'm going to tell you, we can get through the mud because we got cleats on our souls, and it's called the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it makes us want to be holy. So don't give up. You know, holiness is separate. That's what God's calling his people. That's what he's calling you and me to be, set apart. Not that you'd be holier than anybody else, but, but because God says, I want people to see what a difference the Lord Jesus makes. You see, the gospel is like that, it, and it's the same for black hearts and red hearts and white hearts. We all need the gospel. And it takes the blood of Christ to make this one race of Christ-likeness. Hebrews 12 says, without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. How about that? See, I'm telling you, the gospel, the holiness has got to come from Jesus. It's not going to be me. It's not going to be you. Jesus Christ, his righteousness. What a blessing. So we turn to Jesus for our holiness. And when we have holiness, we'll have happiness. And we can be sure that's a result of noticing God's word. You make it a pact with, between you and God that you know what? I'm going to think about God every day. I'm going to do something for the Lord. What if we just said, I'm going to do something for the Lord that I might not feel like doing just because I love him. You know, what would be wrong with that? May the Lord bless us to tighten our faith, to think about the Lord, and to turn to Jesus for holiness. May the Lord bless us. Would you bow with me for a prayer? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love and mercy. And you, Lord, know exactly what we need, how prone we are to get away from you. Oh, Lord, our eyes and our hearts go after things we ought not to, but thank you, Lord, for... I realize, Lord, that 
your chastening hand. It's sometimes pretty severe, but it's with love. And you are, Lord, a good father, and Lord, you know how to give us good gifts. You know what holiness means to you and to us. And I pray, Lord, that you would help us as we live in this world, that we remember that we're not of it. But we also remember, Lord, sometimes we, we get a little close like the world. We ought not. Bless us, O oh God, and we thank you for your church, for your people, for your redeeming, loving grace, for this congregation and wherever people are that love you and that are seeking your faith. Help us, Lord, to be reminded that there's no sin greater than your grace. Oftentimes, Lord, you take a, a broken, marred life and you make something very wonderful and beautiful out of it. Thank you, Lord, for saving us and for giving us your spirit. Continue to bless us as we pursue you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you so much for being here today.